Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And folks, have we got a treat for you tonight. We've got Van and John with the AU Wishbone Podcast, a couple of Auburn folks, and uh, we just have a phenomenal conversation. I know the topic's Auburn. Hey, I get it. But uh, just a couple of great fellas and just a phenomenal conversation. And uh, we have a, a conversation about a, a couple of topics off the field that uh, are just as much fun, uh, if uh, if not more maybe, than uh, the conversation about the, the action that we're going to see on the field. So I'm going to pass it over to the podcast. Go. Hey, welcome back, podcast, podcast fans. Have we got a treat for you? We have Van and John with the uh, AU Wishbone Podcast. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks Dave. for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, hey, as, uh, as November sort of gives away to Thanksgiving, it's that time of year again, right? Iron Bowl and uh, the big matchup. Uh, uh, and as much as I want to talk about the game, and, and we will and the teams, but uh, I want to talk about Van. You have to tell a little bit of a story that, uh, you know, the, the, you, you, meet the, you meet the most interesting people. I'll, I'll, I'll categorize it that way. But you proposed the concept for the Heisman House commercial with uh, with uh, Bo Jackson and I'll be the mascot. And that's I love that one. That was hilarious. I love it. I think all <laughs> fan bases can kind of can find something in that they enjoy. Talk about that. How do, how do you get to like propose a, a commercial idea? Yeah, that was back when the year was still going well in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I basically for years I've been tweeting out that it just seemed to be a no brainer to do a Heisman House ad that involved, uh, well, my original idea, and you'll appreciate this because it's very Alabama centric, is I say, you know, it starts out with um, Mark Ingram or one of the, you know, one of the Alabama guys. And he's like, he's in, he's in Baker Mayfield situation. He's like, hey, little help. Where's the, where's the toilet paper? Where'd all the toilet paper go? And then you just cut to them outside and out in the yard, you got Bo and Cam and Pat Sullivan at the time, the three of them sipping lemonade and all the toilet papers in the trees. Like they used all the toilet paper up on the trees. So I was tweeting that idea over and over and over, and it turned out that this year they decided to do fan suggestions. And so mine was one of like six or seven that they actually chose and contact. They contacted me way back in like March, and I couldn't say I was under a non-disclosure agreement all the way until football season. So like all summer, I'm like, I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't say anything. And, uh, and of course, exploded when it actually got made. So that was really cool. Yeah, that was me. That, that's I mean, phenomenal. Uh, you know, I was doing my last minute prep, and I was like, <clears> "Wait a second, I've got to ask. I've got to lead with this one. This is this is an awesome story. This is the kind of behind the scenes <laughs> stuff that uh, people love. I think that's uh, I think that's phenomenal. Well, let's uh, let's take a step closer to the field, and and maybe not all the way on, but uh, talk about uh, uh, Brian Harson. You know, we go back earlier in the year, and he's hired in from you know from Boise to the Plains. You know, a six uh, six and two start, uh, and 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 it's just been a rough patch of of November, to be honest with you, I guess. But uh, what's the fan base? How what's sort of the mindset of the fan base? How how are people sort of taking it all in? And and what's what is the mindset uh, these days uh, relative to Brian, Coach Coach Harson? I guess I'll step back and say, uh, uh, even you know, I want to go back to the preseason, right? When like when we hired him, and kind of the coming in uh, thought, and I think. 
a lot, all Auburn fans, most Auburn fans were at the point where it was time for Gus to go. Like sure. he had been here yes. long enough and we were, we appreciated the time that he was here, but it had kind of worn out and we needed to do something different. So in that sense, you know, bringing in Harson and a new staff to do different things was a welcome change. I think we were happy about that. And I think, you know, again, we were at the, the six to two point. I think people were delighted, but we were maybe a little over our skis at that point. But also, I, you know, I think overall fans are pretty happy with him. Again, it's it, I'm saying this in a general sense because we just had three terrible games in a row. But I do think in the big picture, when he was hired, we knew that it was a, you know, a big long-term change and a long-term difference. And there were structural things that, that Gus had done that were going to take time to repair offensive line recruiting, number one. And so I think that's kind of some of what's led to now. But uh, there, you know, there are times when I've really enjoyed the Brian Hartson experience and other times when I really have not. How about that? So. And, and if I can just add, I think um, John seeing kind of an even keel there, whereas what I see, I mean, Auburn fans, you know, we say we ride the roller coaster of success up and down. You know, we have our, oh, my gosh, we're playing for the national championship. And then, oh, my gosh, we're three and nine. And, oh, my gosh, we're playing for the national championship again. Oh, my gosh, we, we just go up and down, up and down. We're the most inconsistent team in the country and uh, historically. And it's been that way in a microcosm this season because, you know, when we were six and two and going out to Texas A&M where John and I did our live stuff, we were, there were people like, oh, playoffs, man. We're going to win out the rest of the season. We're going to win in Atlanta. We're going to beat Georgia this time. We're going to beat Bama in the Iron Bowl, and we're going to get in the playoffs. And then, like, you know, oh, 24 hours later, like, Harson's got to go. Harson sucks. And I'm just like – this swinging wild mood swings is just not helpful. You know what I mean? It is just right, not right. helping anything. And that's the, the, the Auburn fans, just like Alabama fans are so passionate. We love our program and we want it to be the best it can be. And as we all know here, that can lead to excesses in both directions yes. and you just get unrealistic. And so I think when this season shakes out, we're going to look back and realize that the coaches did some dumb things were they fireable offenses? Probably not yet. If you know, it's like with Dan Mullen. If this was year one, they wouldn't fire Mullen. So, you know, my wife was like, "Are they going to fire Harson now?" Then, if they fired Mullen, I'm like, "It's a different situation." Right. If this was year four, he'd be in serious trouble. Right now, we're talking Gus 2015. So, I think it just—it's uh, been kind of all over the map, really, is my take on it. Fantastic. He's so uh, stoic on the sideline, just almost. Uh, uh, you know, it's an old Terminator reference. He looks like the T2000. He's just got that expressionless, uh, and, and you, I, you don't know what he's going to do next, but uh, he, he's, he keeps it bottled in uh, uh, the emotion uh, really, really, really well. It's impressive in that way. He, he, he's intimidating. I think, I, I think I don't want him mad at me when I see him on, when I see him on, the, on the TV screen. And, and, uh, and I'm not sure that he's not already mad at me with his expression. So, you know, kind of it is what it is. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the quarterback situation. You know, Bo Nix. Uh, you know, obviously with his injury, he's out. T.J. Finley stepped in. You know, T.J. took the job, Georgia State, and, and played well. And it looked like the start of the uh, the South Carolina game. Uh, I think what two out of three drives he he led for scores. And I'm sure a lot of things sort of transpired. But what is 
uh, you know, as you look at what what is left of, of the season, just from a calendar standpoint, what is the expectation for uh, TJ Finley? I think we I think we kind of know what TJ Finley is. He's a good intermediate passer. He's a big, tall, strong kid. Um, you know, I think he has a a little bit of savvy in the pocket in terms of moving around a little bit. I mean, he's not a runner. Uh, but I'm saying I think he can move a little bit to buy himself a time, you know, to make a throw. Um, I, I think he's not great on the deep stuff. And I think, you know, that for a guy as big and strong as he is, he doesn't put his shoulder down and run sometimes like I wish he would. Right. Uh, when, it, you know, but I think he can be effective. I think he, you know, he can be accurate in timing and, and placement with the ball and stuff and, put receivers in a good position and, and get them the ball in the right way. I think in some ways he's more accurate than Bo Nix was, right? Bo Nix was, a, you know, better, I think, at throwing the deep ball and is obviously much more athletic and could run around and keep plays alive. And I think that's the biggest thing with Finley is he can't do that. If the protection breaks down, he's in trouble. Right. So. Yeah, Finley's kind of like if Cam couldn't run and wasn't as accurate of a passer, which leaves you with like, Not you know, like- not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. I I, I know. I, I watch Finley like get hit and just kind of go down. And I'm like, you know, we got so spoiled by Cam just running over people in that situation. He would drag three linebackers into the end zone from from five yards out. I'm like, dude, why don't you even and it doesn't seem like he's even trying. But um, but I mean, uh, you know, his limitations are what they are. And that's just the, that's the best option we have right now. So it's um it sucks it is what it is i mean you're at this point in the season it's that or grant loy i mean we're not gonna i don't think we're gonna pull the red shirt off demetrius davis at this point in the season so i mean we at least the cupboard's not bare in the future but um yeah i mean it reminds me a lot of 20 what was the year that i guess it was the end of 16 maybe when um Sean White got hurt and we ended up having having to bring jeremy johnson back out for the iron bowl and you're just like, man, I don't even want to turn it on because I know how this is going to go. You know, that's kind of how it feels right now. We, we know that, you know, Finley's going to get sacked about five times and he's probably going to throw a couple of interceptions. He's probably going to fumble at least once and maybe he'll throw a touchdown. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, you know, Bo was so, so exciting. Is it, um, <clears throat> I want this to, I want this to, to land right, but is it just not as much fun to watch? Uh, just, just the energy, the excitement from play to play to play. You don't know what Bo's going to do, and it's a lot of it's going to be really good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's probably not landing right, but it, it's a different style of play. It probably impacts, uh, you know, the rest of the personnel on the on the unit as well. Sure, I, I think. I mean, I do think there's in ways the offense can be more consistent with Finley, but because and like you said, Bo Nix is one of the greatest like. No, 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 yes, players ever in the SEC. You know, he he does that. Yes. And so that was and that was great at times, but and I think honestly he's gotten better about that kind of stuff. I think last year he, you know, there was a lot of just no, 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 no. And so I think he did get better this year, that kind of stuff. And I think the coaching he got this year helped him get better. Sure. Uh, but may, so my, part of my thinking is maybe the offense could be a little steadier with Finley at times, just because Bo sometimes blew real hot and cold. Sure. No, that makes sense. Talk about the, uh, the receiving weapons. It uh, looks like three out of four or three or four receivers are uh, really sort of shoulder in the load, including the, the tight end Schenker. Uh No one, at least statistically that much farther 
ahead uh, of the rest, sort of see through the stats with, uh, you know, for us, who, who are the breakout uh, receivers? Who are the players really to watch, you know, tossing the ball to? Well, my immediate thought, Schenker has been kind of the go-to tight end receiver the whole season, although he didn't catch anything from Finley. So that's, see, we're in kind of uncharted territory here because Finley's going to have different preferences than Bo had. Bo liked to dump it off to Schenker quite a bit. Our receiving core is really kind of a mixed bag because Kobe Hudson was starting to emerge as the go-to guy, and then he got hurt and didn't play last week. Uh, and, Oscar, and he's questionable for this week, too. We don't and he's, know. Yeah. Number zero, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roberts, Oscar Demetri- Roberts. Demetrius Robertson from Georgia. Demetrius Robertson. I go by the O, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> former Georgia guy, yeah. he. I mean, he's got the ability, but he just has been very inconsistent. I think he was three for eight against South Carolina. So, huh. Javarius Johnson, to me, has a ton of potential. He's kind of the flash of this group, but they don't get him the ball very often. Yeah, he's a smaller – he's number six. He's a smaller slot guy, and I think he has good potential – uh, to be kind of that a good slot receiver, a shifty guy, get the ball in his hands, and he can make stuff happen. Um, we what Auburn doesn't have is that kind of over the top, you know, Sammy Coates, uh, Seth, Slate, Williams. Slate, Seth Williams kind of guy. We don't have that kind of guy, right? So, uh, you know, Robertson has has been trying to be that guy, but that's not really him either. So now, Dave, I know that as an Alabama guy. This is going to be hard for you to understand, but not every team has six five-star <laughs> receivers they can roll out on the field that can take the offense over and take over the game. Some of us out there have to like cobble together <laughs> two-star and three-star guys and transfer guys and just pray, and that's where we are right now. <laughs> the other thing I would say again is to go back to the Schenker thing is Auburn has thrown the ball more to the tight ends this season than in any yeah. season in twenty years. So it's not just Schenker. There's three or four other guys, and they will. Right. They, if they threw the ball of the tight ends eight times on Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I wouldn't either. Uh, Alabama has struggled defending the tight end. Uh, I don't know what it is about that position. Coach Saban will say in his press conferences all the time, we don't play a, de- a defense that that doesn't cover the tight end, except for sometimes we do. Uh, we've had uh, a number of teams this year uh, and last year where their tight ends have, uh, have really had career days. So uh, I guess I would watch out for uh, Schinker and others uh, have, having a big day. And, Van, I'm just going to ignore your comment there if that's all right. <laughs> you guys are blessed. Come on. <laughs> talk about uh, – I probably buried the lead here, but uh, talk about running back Tank Bigsby. Man, how much, how, how much fun is he to watch? Well, I mean, when he gets the op- – see, here's what we think happened. Gus – could create a running game. I mean, that was the one thing he could consistently do is take whatever running backs we had, no matter how far down the barrel they were, and create some kind of a decent running game. He did it every year. And um, what we kind of did this year is, and we had we had a crap offensive line that could still open holes and let Tank run last year. And so we kind of traded our running game for a passing game, allegedly, right? But now we can't run. And so you've got these two really good backs, Bigsby and then Jarquez Hunter, and 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 Shivers is not terrible. I mean, he you know he has this thing he can do there. Um, we all remember 2019, you know the Iron Bowl. But yet, um, th- I just feel like the same opportunities are not there for our backs this year that have been there in the past because the offensive line is now being geared more toward pass protection, and it just seems like they can only do one or the other. They can't seem to do both. John, am I crazy? 
No, I mean, the if you look at the advanced stats on the Auburn's offensive line, it's funny because it's the same group of people. They were much better run blockers last year and bad at pass protection. And this year they're good in pass protection and bad at run blocking. So Hunter is Hunter has been a good thing as a freshman, but Bigsby is the guy. He is the single most talented player on the whole team. And definitely on the, he's the offense. Like we need to get him the ball more often handing it to him and throwing it to him than we do. And I think sometimes we get too smart for ourselves and try to diversify too much instead of saying he's the, he's the A-list player in the team. We need to let him carry us. So I get mad when Bobo doesn't give him the ball, honestly. Um, I, you know, against Penn state, we came back in that game when he, you know, handing the ball to him consistently and he was grinding out yards and, and Hunter as well. And I think other games he's, he's you know made a difference but the other thing is i don't think i think this auburn team is not good at run blocking against the stronger defensive lines we played i think against georgia and a&m in particular we had real problems run blocking and so i suspect that's going to be a problem on saturday um so that's my thing i think bigsby is is a real talent i think he's really really good i think you know he could be the best running back we've had since Ronnie and Carnell. He really could. Uh, he could be better than Kerryon Johnson and some of those other guys. But we got to help him get there, uh, and we got to use him the right way. So that's what I think. He's incredibly talented, and, I, and it felt like a misprint when I read this. But it, in terms of you know touches, catching, and rushes, that is that his high watermark this season is twenty five. That is that that feels to me like a low number. What's the fan base say about that? I was going to say, I just rewatched the offensive cut, the Auburn offensive cut of the 2013 SEC championship game against Missouri. I believe Trey Mason had more carries in the first quarter of that game than Tank has had in any game this season. In one quarter. Yeah. I, we don't want to run him into the ground, right? We don't want him to get hurt. We want him to be healthy for the long term. But at the same time, he's the best player in offense. We need him to get more touches than that. Against good teams to have success. That's my and they opinion. need to find creative ways to get him the ball. Yes. We haven't thrown him the ball in the flat in like five games. Yes. You know, earlier in the season we were we were getting him the ball on the outside. He's more of an edge runner. He's not like you know Ironhead Hayward. He's more like you you toss him the ball on the sweep or you you hit, you hit him with a short pass in the flat. And I don't know why we just keep doing this sort of inside zone type between the guards type run with him lately. But, I mean, he still tries to make something out of it. But it always seemed to me that his biggest runs last year were when they could spring him on the edge and get him heading toward the sideline diagonally. You know, then Mm -hmm. he would just start making people miss, making people miss, you know. But he's not – they're not doing that this year. I don't don't know. Are they saving up the carries? Is is he going to get 42 (laughs) touches Saturday? I, I honestly, I would have given him 42 last Saturday if it was up to me, but I think I, 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 you say that, but I don't know if that's a recipe for success, right? I mean, we haven't talked about the other side of the ball yet, but I think Alabama's going to score some points in this game. And I don't think we can, Auburn's going to be able to run the ball and control the clock and that kind of stuff. We're going to need to score 30 points to win this game. So I don't think handing the ball, the tank 40 times is going to get us there. Man, I don't know. I don't know how Alabama's quarterback is going to stand up in the face of that awesome three-man rush. <laughs> he, I mean, you know, if we hit it, if we do a late hit five seconds after the play is over, we might get some pressure on him. That's all I can think. Yeah, I think he's probably watching the cutups of the 
a Mississippi State quarterback against uh against Auburn and feeling pretty good, but feeling pretty darn good. Yeah. You're like, I get you a sandwich, man. <laughs> talk about uh t- talk about the offensive line. You guys mentioned them uh a, a little bit. Uh I think uh, Austin Troxel is is uh is he still injured? I think he's out. He's yeah. out and uh Zaire's starting for him and then Brandon Council's been banged up. I'm not sure he's gonna start at guard or not. Um but so the Again, I think the the offensive line has been okay. It's been it's been solid. It hasn't been terrible, but they're not they don't have the talent to line up against you know really good talented SEC defensive linemen and move them out of the way to create the running lanes that we need to. I think that and and uh, the other thing is, you know, Zaire is a you know a JUCO guy who's played a little bit and he's been okay. But if Will Anderson is on his side, I'm going to be concerned. I'm, you know, on and Ham on the other side. I'm it. They've been solid this year in pass protection, but you know, there's it, some of the other guys they played haven't been that level. So I, I just been easier to block. I would say that. Well, hey, you know, the one thing we got going for us though is our great kicker. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's out as well yeah. talk about uh uh Broderius ham I, he makes the all-name team i don't think i don't you know however you cut it but uh you know he he showed a lot of perseverance uh you know battling mm-hmm. back from cancer talk about his leadership and what he what he means to the team yes i mean he's one of the biggest strongest guys on the whole team and he he did you know come back as a freshman from from uh after he signed from cancer treatment and, and uh played football and that's a miraculous thing but also he's a guy who coming out of high school everybody thought he could only be a guard uh and he's kind of developed himself into a tackle he's got pretty good strength and power at the point of attack um and he's done better better at pass protection this year than honestly i thought he would so he's been a, a solid player and an experienced guy that's been around a while and and like you said has you know been through a lot and i think the other players look up to him for that Fantastic. Well, let's flip the field and talk defense. You guys have alluded to defense a little bit. Uh, talk about the scheme that uh, Alabama fans will see Saturday. Maybe players to uh, players to watch at uh, each of the levels. For Alabama fans that haven't watched Auburn this year, it's very different than the Kevin Steele defense you've seen the last three or four Auburn seasons, where Auburn played you know basically a four-three with very tight man coverage, but you know played that kind of press man-to-man. Uh, with Auburn, doesn't do that now. Um, you know, we generally just use flashlights to usher your guys into the end zone now. It's very it's, effective that way. It Save seems time. that way. So Auburn plays a, a three three down live and normally two linebackers and five DBs. And so it's lighter in the box, six DBs, my math. And so it's lighter in the box than it has been in the past. I think uh, the run defense is still solid. Zacoby McLean is the middle linebacker, and he is a, a tackling machine against the run number nine. I think that's a guy when Alabama lines up and just runs the ball. I think that's a guy that's going to make plays and be all over the field. We're missing uh, his real running mate, Owen Papo, number one, who's a linebacker who's been injured. Hopefully he plays. I think especially when you're doing kind of that swing pass out of the backfield, he's a guy to watch. The current defensive scheme is much more kind of a soft zone. Don't let the other team pass deep let stuff in front of you and then tackle. Right. And so they'll play some kind of man variants out of that. But a lot of it is, you know, softer backing off the receivers, let him catch it in front of you and then tackle. And that was good. You know, when the tackling was good, right. As long as the tackling is good, that works. But 
when the other guy catches it in front of you and you're missing the tackles, then you have real problems. And that's kind of what we saw the last couple of weeks. So I think, you know, we have some coverage issues at safety occasionally. I think the corners are honestly okay. McCreary is really good. Number 23, he's giving the NFL corner. He's very good. And then on the defensive line, I think Colby Wooden is excellent. He gets a lot of pressure and he also makes a lot of uh, disruptive plays. And again, it's hustle plays where he, you know, you see a defensive lineman coming downfield, you know, chasing a running back and making a play. That's probably him. So I think those are the, that's the main guys I would watch out for. And and the other guy, the other guy just for fun is the guy that played tight end for us last year, JJ Pegues, is that uh transition to defense and he's actually kind of the second string uh defensive tackle and he's playing a lot and probably will play a lot on Saturday. So just somebody else is fun to keep your eye out for. So Absolutely. He's a big old boy, too. Uh, he, he, he looks uh, almost out of place at tight end, which is hard to do. There's some big tight ends. And uh, over uh, over across the on the defensive front, uh, that, that feels like a home for him. Uh, so he'll be a fun one to watch. Well, so normally I've got uh, I've got one sort of get you out of here type questions and I've got two today. So let me start with uh, let me start with my normal get you out of here on this uh, question. Uh, who's your favorite Tiger all time? This team, all time, other teams. Who's your favorite Tiger? Well, for me, it used to be Damian Craig, but we have we had words. <laughs> we had issues. I think probably Cam, just because he was the great magic eraser. That no matter what the defense did, no matter what anybody else did, he could just take the ball and erase it all and make it all good. So, uh, And, you know, he undefeated season, national championship, Heisman. I mean, it's kind of hard to go wrong there. So he's probably my favorite player of all time. I'm going to say Tracy Rocker because I'm a defensive guy, but I thought, I mean, again, I, I thought about some other defensive players to spikes or a few others of our defensive linemen, but I, I'm going to say Tracy Rocker just because he was in school with Van and I were in school and I just would watch him. Then. Fantastic. Well, you can't see my notes, but uh, I, I wrote down uh, some of my favorite uh, Auburn players, uh, Takeo Spikes, I uh, certainly enjoyed him. And uh, Ronnie Brown, I thought uh, certainly a, a talented running back. And a little, uh, and you know, maybe appropriately say so, he was a little sort of uh, overshadowed, but he was still effective in, in his own right. And I enjoyed watching both of those play, both those fellows play. So I've got you, I've got another get you out of here question. And uh, this is based on John listening to a little bit of uh, the show that you did. And, and I have to give kudos. I have to acknowledge this. You're so much more mature than I am. You know, after, <laughs> after a game, you said, I'm just going to go for a walk and uh, I'm not going to watch any more football because it's going to. Uh, and I thought, well, I'd, I wish that I could do that. But then you made the comment that uh, I'm out walking and I'm going to enjoy myself some Led Zeppelin. And uh, that, that resonates, that resonates. And so uh, who's your go-to, uh, who's your go-to Zeppelin? Uh, Van is a, even a bigger Zeppelin fan than me. So Van gets to go first and then I'm going to go. Well, when I was like, all right, I, I, I've been listening to their, to their latest biography actually this past week. And, you know, their first album came out on my first birthday, like on the day of my first birthday. Nice. So it was and my older, my, my brother's eight years older than me, and he would play their records all the time when I was a toddler. So I was hearing them in my DNA from the very beginning. So um, my favorite has changed over the years. I've kind of gotten to where I'm a little tired of the classics. And so the one the last couple of years, the album I've been wearing out the last couple of years is the one I hardly ever listened to in high school or college, and that was Presence. So I've been digging Achilles' Last Stand 
and and um, I can't think of even the names of them because I just put it in and let it go. But all that that it's just it's such a great guitar album. It was before it's before John Paul Jones. There you go. Can you, can you read that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it says it. Yep. It's a yeah. mentalist trick. <laughs> there you go. That was great. No, that's the one. That's the one I've been listening to a lot lately, for sure. That one just slightly ahead of Houses of the Holy. Yep, yep. So I, no, I'm I'm a play the classics Zeppelin person. So you know, you're still back in two and four. Yeah. Cashmere. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, physical graffiti. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Good deal. No, there, there are so many, and uh, and I and I'm with you. I, I sort of uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, and this has been a couple of years ago. Maybe I, I I had presence in in the car, and I was listening to that, and just I kept going back, and and you know you hear the songs a hundred times because because you 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 play them through, but something that just catches you like new again. And uh, Achilles Last Stand has has really done that, and that's that's been mm-hmm. my earworm for the last I don't know eighteen months. That's uh. Uh, that's a good one. I can't get enough of it once once it gets rolling. So mm-hmm. fantastic, fantastic. Well, all right. See, we, we talk a little ball. We talk a little <laughs> Led Zeppelin. I mean, what more can you ask like, for, right? No, there you go, man. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, fellas, we really appreciate uh, you joining us tonight and uh, talking a little ball. And I hope you have, have a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, to a point, I'll say good luck on Saturday. How about that? Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, you as well. Oh, and have a sure. wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. And we're back. What did I say? That was a really good conversation. I hope uh, hope you really enjoyed it. It was a, almost a mentalist exercise. I heard that they uh, uh, they enjoyed Led Zeppelin, which is phenomenal. My favorite all-time band. Uh, you can hear a little bit of it in the in our bumper music. Multiple references this season, if you've been listening for it. But uh, none, nonetheless, I'd written down on a piece of paper just... Uh, so I don't get flustered and not have answers to my own questions and uh, Achilles last stand. And so as soon as Van mentioned that, you kind of heard the reaction, but I held it up in front of the camera just to, to say, how, how do you, out of all the library of Zeppelin tunes, how do you pick uh, one of the more obscure tracks off of uh, one of their more obscure albums? So that uh, that was phenomenal. Hopefully there's some uh, Zepp heads out there and uh, hey, drop us a line. We can talk football. We can talk bourbon. We can talk, talk Zeppelin. It's all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and as we move into the offseason and the Zoom calls in the offseason, uh, I think we'll get to do probably a little bit of all that. So uh, we hope to hope to have you on for all those things. Uh, if you do have any questions, if you do want to reach out and we so welcome it, we invite it. Please, please, please. Uh, it's Alabama football podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on the Twitter machine. Uh, we're on Facebook and uh, there's a contact page on the website at Alabama football podcast.com. And uh, we appreciate you checking us out there. If you're listening to this interview, the Auburn interview, right? If you're listening to this interview, you're a fan of us, you're a fan of football, and we appreciate you. If you have not had an opportunity, if you have not had an opportunity to leave us a review on Facebook, we would so greatly appreciate that. And uh, as a final wrap, I'm not sure when this is going to publish relative to the holidays, uh, but I just want to say, hey, Thank you. We are thankful for the podcast listeners. We're thankful for you all and uh, wish you all wish you all uh, a phenomenal uh, Thanksgiving with family and friends. With that, yes, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out a Roll Tide. 
We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.